Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later... I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good morning. Happy New Year, folks. It is Sunday, and it is 2023. I mean, it is a good day for some football Let's get right into it with another NFL slate. We got week 17. We have games with some implications and other games with not so much going on, which is part of the game theory. We got to kind of sort through with this NFL slate today. But uh, we're going to start things off with Atlanta and Arizona. I mean, basically, we got two teams completely out of it. Desmond Ritter still starting for the Falcons. Arizona, basically... Colt McCoy didn't make it through uh, protocols um, for concussion, so he's out. David Blouse uh, taken under center because uh, Trace McSorley got to start last week. Trace McSorley reminded people why he's Trace McSorley and should not be starting NFL games. Um, Cardinals basically, um, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins, which is going to create the scenario that we're talking about from a game theory. You got a team that doesn't have anything to play for. You got uh, James Conner with uh, a terrible defense in Atlanta that isn't great on the ground, isn't great, even worse with their secondary. Marquise Brown and Greg Dorch make a ton of sense. Now, the question is, do you trust David Blau? And the answer should be, F no. But if you think about it, and you think about it, Realistically, Blau is still 4K. You know, let's just be honest here. He's 4K. You know, you you get you get a quarterback this cheap. You have you have to consider it. You have to consider it. He's 4K. I know. I I know. It's it's something where it's like you don't necessarily need the salary, but. This is a spot where if he actually can just deliver the ball underneath and you just get dump-off passes to Connor or Dorch or Marquise Brown, hey, even Trey McBride to, uh, potentially in play here. You have a 4K quarterback against a terrible uh, secondary with a team that has nothing to play for. The, like the, No one on this team is going to be technically really in line outside of Marquise Brown. So everyone's playing for performance bonus contracts or playing for their next uh, roster spot. David Blau's playing to stay in the NFL because I thought he was done in the NFL after the Lions did. And he still gets another chance. So to me, this is a game you have to consider from a DFS standpoint. From a betting perspective, I mean, (laughs) what do we say here? Atlanta's favored by six, and I, I want to be clear here. Atlanta has Desmond Ritter under center. Why are we favoring Atlanta by six again? I, I'm I'm very curious about this one. Uh, to me, this is one of those weird spots where I'm okay with taking the Arizona side here, and I'm okay with throwing the teaser uh, them into a teaser, uh, teaser situation. Why are we taking Atlanta exactly? realistically it's like i i could live with this when this line was at three and a half fine yes i know deandre hopkins is a great receiver you don't need a great receiver against atlanta secondary like to me desmond Ritter hasn't shown he can really do much under center 
Atlanta's you know Atlanta's going to run the ball. Drake London has uh, gotten a little bit more uh, run lately in the passing game, but this uh, Falcons team isn't exactly good. Like they kind of fell off uh, in the second half of the year, as expected. Like uh, you know, once things get uh, started spiraling away from them, that's why they bench Mariota. They're trying to sort things out for next year. But from from a, a DFS standpoint. Drake London's in play at 4,900, but you've got Greg Dorch at 3K. You got Marquise Brown at 5,800, and you got Trey McBride at 3,200. All these guys are in play. Like, I'm like, they may not be the main team. Well, I, I, I can assure you, I'm not playing <laughs> David Blount on my main team. But for 150 entries, like between DraftKings and FanDuel, they're too cheap. They're too cheap not to play because if they do anything and it's a 41 total, is it possible that it goes over? Yeah. And chances are the team that takes it over is the Arizona side, not the Atlanta side. Atlanta's going to try to run out the clock. Arizona's the team that's going to air it out. I I think uh, between James Conner with the workflow, he's going to get in the ground game and catching dump offs. Conner makes Probably the best play at running back today, out of order, out of all the running backs, because you got Saquon against a tanking Colts team, you got Christian McCaffrey against a Raiders team that is flat out thrown in the towel because Derek Carr got benched. Not that Derek Carr was setting the world on fire, but the fact that uh, J- Jared Stidham is the quarterback today. Oh boy, we got we got some fades today. Um, yeah, uh, give me the Arizona side for DFS. Uh, I can write it back with Drake London or not do a run back. Uh, realistically, I don't think you have to run this game back. Um, Tyler Algier, you know Arizona struggles against running backs. I- I'm okay with Algier because he's 5,300. You don't need that much to get there, and you know Atlanta likes to pound the rock. I'm, I'm good with that. But, yeah, you give, you give me Dorch and uh, Marquise Brown, I don't even have to play Blau at 4K because I have other uh, plays that I can get to. That uh, you know that won't need to have uh, 200 yards because really realistically with uh, Blau you're looking to get to 14 to 16 points, which is very doable um, in it. The the biggest to me the biggest detriment to Blau is the fact that James Conner could have two uh, two rushing touchdowns today um, and just undercut Blau's uh, ability to throw for a touchdown today. I think. Connor is a pretty much a smash spot at running back. I, you know, yeah. Could you get to other plays at running back? Certainly, but <laughs> there are ways of uh, doing damage on the ground and in the air against Atlanta. Like, g- give me the Cardinals pieces, <laughs> which is something that I don't think I have said all year. But Atlanta is in such disarray. And you have these Cardinals pieces at so cheap that realistically, it, if they start going off, it's almost it's going to be really hard to catch some of those teams because of the amount of uh, studs you can fit in uh, from a price tag standpoint on uh, both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, like I'll just leave it at that. Next up, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Tampa Bay, three and a half point favorites. You got a forty total. <sighs> Man, it's you know Carolina wants to run the ball. I'm trying to get the news, and we don't have news yet this morning on Vitavea if he's actually going to be able to play or not. Uh, Tampa's been struggling with the run game with Vea out. If Vea's in, I don't think this is going to go Carolina's way. I know Carolina's been playing well lately under Steve Wilkes, thus showing that how bad Matt Rule was that. You know, he couldn't get this team to look remotely passable. Like, Carolina's traded McCaffrey and basically anyone of value outside of DJ Moore, and they've played better than they have in two-plus years. Should tell you something about how bad Matt Rule was as an NFL head coach. But with that being said, this is Tom Brady. Late in the year, needs a win, uh, and lock down the playoffs. This is the division on the line here, basically. I I just don't see Brady effing this up. I, I think Brady and the Bucks get it done. 
It may not look pretty, which is why I'm not remotely interested in this game from a DFS standpoint or from a betting standpoint. I have a tough time seeing Tampa losing this game. I'm not betting it outright. Uh, if anything, this might be one of those games where you, you throw it into a teaser because I, I don't see Carolina winning this game by more than one score. Uh, Carolina could win this game, certainly, but I don't see how Carolina wins this by blowing out Tampa. I, I really don't. Yeah, they could run the ball, but Tampa's run defense is a lot better than Detroit's. And yes, they smashed Detroit, but we know Detroit has a bad rush of defense. Um, this is uh, this is just one of those things where I think matchup-wise, this is not the, necessarily the matchup Carolina's looking for. Um, from a DFS standpoint... Not really interested in any of the pieces here. Like DJ Moore, you know, as I said, uh, Carolina's been focusing on the run game way more. But from a rushing standpoint, who's going to get the rise? Uh, you got um, Dante Foreman, you got Chuba Hubbard, you got uh, um, Ramon Blackshear. And, you know, I didn't see it last week. They, they proved me wrong. They, they were, uh, like, I thought Detroit was going to get up ahead of them enough that they weren't going to be able to get into the run game. Prove me wrong. They they just stuck with the run game and just smashed Detroit with it, and uh, we go on from there. So, I still I just don't see them being able to do that to Tampa. We'll see how it goes. Next up, Chicago at Detroit. All right, we got <laughs> like we we gotta know the script now. It's when we can get Jared Goff at home versus on the road. The home road splits are so drastic with Jared Goff. That basically he is over 75 yards in the plus at home versus the road. And the completions are up uh, over 10 points. Like everything is significantly better when he gets to play in the dome. And you have Chicago with two starting corners on IR. A terrible run defense to go with it. So that throws in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And on the Chicago side... You know Detroit sucks against the run. But the one reason why I could say that I don't really enjoy the prospect of playing David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert's back for the Bears. And Justin Fields is still healthy. So between Fields scrambling and the fact that Khalil Herbert's back, he's going to get some carries too. I don't see David Montgomery getting there unless he gets a couple of rushing touchdowns. I don't think he gets enough carries, even if uh, Detroit struggles against the run yet again, which would not be a surprise at all. I don't think David Montgomery gets enough carries to be relevant in this matchup. And the problem is, is that with Montgomery, he's 6,900. You're paying up. Uh, you're paying up for the, uh, David Montgomery when you could simply just take James Conner at 7,200. Like, that's the problem. You got James Conner at 7,200. You got Aaron Jones at 7,100 and Dalvin Cook at 7K. All of which I think are better spots than uh, Montgomery because of the fact that you know Justin Fields is going to scramble. And as I said, Khalil Herbert was still getting 30% of snap share on the regular And while it's not an A.J. Dillon situation where you don't know what the Packers going to do week to week, the Bears situation was convoluted enough between those three guys that I I am way under on the Chicago side in the run game department. I think you just take fields and you run them naked because I'm not paying. I like Cole Komet at the tight end spot. Yeah, you could pay 4,500, but man. Evan Ingram's a way better play, in my opinion, against the Texans' defense than taking Cole Komet versus the Lions' defense, in my opinion. Like, uh, to me, I I just... I'm not saying you can't play Cole Komet with Justin Fields. I'm just saying there's way more ways for Cole Cole Komet to fail today, not the least of which is you got all these other uh, rushing options uh, that Fields may not throw that much. Like, Fields may only throw for about 180 yards today. Um, even if you look at his uh, uh, throwing props, it's not exactly uh, it's not exactly uh, that big of a of a problem because it, uh, I'm looking I'm looking at it again. 
yeah, Justin Fields' uh, 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 throwing props is at 175. Like, that's fair. You know what the rushing props are? Like, it, like in terms of rushing yards, you've got Justin Fields at 76 yards expected rushing. David Montgomery's only at, fi- at 59 and a half for the prop. Like, it, the lines are telling you that uh, from Vegas, they think it's just going to be Justin Fields scrambling against this Lions defense, which is what happened in the first matchup. That's why David Montgomery didn't get there, even though everyone said it, it's a great rushing matchup uh, for Chicago. Yeah, for ru- rushing matchup for Justin Fields. I think he's going to scramble a bit. I think I don't think David Montgomery gets enough carries to get there. On the Lions side, yeah, we got Jared Goff at home. We play Amaron St. Brown. We can play DJ Shark. I have no problems with that. I have no problems with Josh Reynolds as a tournament deep tournament play. And guess what? Shane Zilstra came up out of nowhere. And best of all, they shifted him to tight end this week. So he's not even at listed as wide receiver. He's listed as tight end. You can play him in the tight end spot if you want to get a little bit different from the rest of the field. So that's more of a 150-type play for Zilstra if you want to chase um, the production that he got last week. But it's not the craziest thing given the fact that clearly golf is looking for him in the red zone. He got three touchdowns last week. He he he, he, like, he likes uh, what he's seen out of the guy in the red zone. He trusts him. So I don't think it's crazy to... Even consider Zilstra in uh, in large field GPPs. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a it's a worthy punt play in my opinion uh, to take some shots there uh, for a red zone touchdown. Moving on, because you know, from my perspective, uh, in that matchup, you got a fifty-two total and Lions at five and a half. I think the Lions cover, and I think. Justin Fields keeps it interesting enough that we go over in that game as well. So, um, love it for a DFS perspective in large field GPPs so, so you can customize Justin Fields. Or you run um, uh, you, uh, GPP for Jared Goff or Justin Fields. With Justin Fields, I'm more comfortable running him naked and r- doing a couple of runbacks with Lions players uh, just expecting the back-and-forth game than having to pick and choose which guy... Um, Justin Fields going to throw it to because it could be Dante Pettis, Chase Claypool maybe back. We, we're still not sure yet, but you know, it, it, I, I think Fields is perfectly fine on his own, run naked, um, and uh, just uh, use the rushing props to support the price tag that he has at seventy nine hundred. Uh, I don't think it's he's overly expensive given the given the game environment he's in. Next up, Washington, Cleveland. Uh, you know, at Washington, the Deshaun Watson experiment is still suffering quite a bit. But we got Carson Wentz under center, so that actually puts the, the Browns defense in play because you never know with Carson Wentz what he's going to do um, under center. He could easily throw a couple of picks, would not shock me in the slightest. He looked sharp last week when he came back in for Taylor Heineke. And uh, had some good throws. But, you know, I do question long-term what the game plan is with Carson Wentz. I think Washington is just trying to figure out who's got the hot hand to uh, try to get into the postseason. Um, They need to win out. And so this is is what they're doing. Um, Heineke, you know, gave him a little bit of a spell. But he was very... (laughs) Uh, careless with the football the last couple of weeks, and that's why Carson Wentz is back in under center, and he gets his last shot at securing um, a starting gig for next year because if this Washington thing does, uh, doesn't work out for Carson Wentz, I'm not sure where he starts at quarterback next year, truth be told. So um, in that regard, I, I do think Terry McLaurin's in play. I think Curtis Samuel's in play. But Jahan Dotson is actually more expensive than Curtis Samuel now. Jahan Dotson's at 4,600. Curtis Samuel's 4,400. Wentz had more rapport with Curtis Samuel than Dotson earlier in the year before he got injured. So it's it's something to consider. But in um, multi-entry field, like, I got no problems st- stacking Washington. On the flip side, the Cleveland side, I want no interest because uh, Chase Young is back. And guess what? Chase Young is healthy. 
Uh, I was worried about the, uh, San Fran's running the ball effectively at Christian McCaffrey's price tag last week because we didn't know if Chase Young was going to be cleared to go for that game or not, and it came after lock, and, you know, I kind of was stuck in that three-gamer without being able to, having a chance to pivot um, the way I would have wanted to. But with, with a young back, like, Washington's back to being an excellent run-stopping defense, in my opinion. I don't like the Chubb this week. I think it's a bad matchup. I don't trust Deshaun Watson under center. To me, this is not worth uh, trying to gamble, figuring out what Cleveland can do offensively. I'm just fading the Cleveland side entirely. And I think Washington uh, figures out a way to get the W, even with Carson Wentz screwing up a couple of times. Um, you can consider the Cleveland defense, but it's not as though they're cheap either. So Because they know it's Wentz. So uh, pricing-wise, they're not that cheap. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely have exposure to Washington just because... With Wentz, you know he's going to air it out. It's a matter of, is he going to get picked off or not when he airs it out? So, um, definitely like the exposure there. Brian Robinson is cheap. No Antonio Gibson this week uh, for Washington. So, he's going to get the majority of the workflow. Uh, 5,200. And pass catching because of the injury to Gibson. Gibson was uh, receiving the ball as well. So, without Gibson, Robinson should be getting the pass catching work. In addition to the rushing yards, I like uh, I like Robinson quite a bit from a salary saving perspective, and we kind of can uh, get a little bit creative with uh, the roster builds up from a DFS standpoint. All right, moving on, we got Denver, who finally fired Nathaniel Hackett, which was way, 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 way overdue. I don't know what the hell Denver's doing. That firing and the cleaning out of the coaching staff should have happened eight weeks ago. At least. At least eight weeks ago. I don't know what, why are we waiting until the second, like, you, like Denver finally laid down on defense. They got embarrassed on national TV, and basically the ownership group for the Broncos were so pissed off with Hackett that they've just decided to finally fire him. So it's like, you need to get embarrassed on national TV to fire the coach that, was tanking your season. It like it is just so incomprehensible how they let that entire situation get toxic, spiral out of control. And yes, they think Russell Wilson's fixable is what the entire insider sources are saying. But because you let the the hacket thing fester, it still only made the Russell Wilson rehabilitation process that much worse because the teammates are already bickering on the sidelines. It's a it's a chaotic mess. And so you got the Chiefs already clinched the division. Do they really need this game? Not necessarily, but they need to lock up overall number one seed in the AFC. So they do need to uh, uh, take care of business here. Chiefs are 12 and a half favorite, point favorites. This game was close enough last go around that I think that this is just getting a little too cute trying to um, take the Chiefs side. If anything, I'd be betting the Broncos side, and I just tease it that you know, do I think the Chiefs win? Yeah, but if I tease it and get this up to 18 plus points, do I think the Chiefs are going to win by three touchdowns? That's pretty sizable. Like, that's another beatdown. I got to think that now that Hackett's fired, you know, they're going to, the way they were working this through was the fact that they were annoyed with Hackett, and they laid down to get him fu- uh, finally fired. I think that's how the defense looked at. I think this week the defense actually shows up again, and Casey has a tougher time putting up points. It's a 45 total. Casey's going to score. The question is, does Denver score to keep up or make it relevant for Kelsey to be more involved in Casey offense, or is this just going to be a Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco kind of game for the Chiefs, and they just grind it out? Because I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to run against uh, the Chiefs defense with Latavius Murray. So to me, this feels as though the Broncos still try to figure out the offense. I mean, they they finally fire who they needed to fire, but it's so late now that they're not going to be able to put in a new offensive game plan at this point. They're going to keep it basic. So their basic stuff wasn't that great. You got Jerry Judy questionable with an ankle, too. 
Cortland Sutton just got back from injury. I mean, he looked okay, but it's like if Jerry Judy sits, I mean, this, this is just a, a complete mess. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I just look at it it's like I, I think the Chiefs win comfortably. Um, it's just that I don't think it's necessarily a 12-point win. This probably feels more closer to a 10-point win, but it's just it's going to be a double-digit lead throughout most of the game and it, a matter of if Denver can do a backdoor cover. Uh, but I just don't like betting this one outright from the Chiefs' perspective um, on the on the spread. I, I I think yeah, you can just bet the Chiefs outright to win. I feel confident with that one, um, just given the situation with Denver. But uh, in terms of like the over, even that I don't feel great about because there's a real chance this Denver offense just goes into the complete shell um, the way it goes through. So to me. Not necessarily worth the risk. Moving on. The tanking Colts against my New York football Giants. Monday Night Football was atrocious. Like, it just absolutely atrocious. Nick Foles got put into the game uh, for Matt Ryan. And I couldn't tell what was going to happen. Because I thought the Colts were tanking. But I didn't think they were going to be blatant about it. And, like, Matt Ryan was, was losing them enough games well enough on his own that... You didn't need to make the move to Nick Foles. Nick Foles came into Monday Night Football throwing up lollipops for interceptions. Like, it was so embarrassing. The Chargers should have won that game by 30. The Chargers are so dysfunctional and incompetent. Like, just incompetent in general. That it was triggering me watching that game because the Colts are literally trying to tank that game. And the Chargers are committed to, like, try to give the ball right back to the Colts and give them a chance to compete in the game. It was just it was just, just such a miserable game to watch. Meanwhile, the Giants win and they're in. The Giants, 38 and a half total. Nick Foles could not have played any worse Monday night. If, if that is what Nick Foles is going to offer up when under pressure, like, the, the Colts are losing... The remaining games this year, and it's not going to be close. I I, I got to think that there's going to be some measure of self respect for the Colts to actually play like an NFL football team. I I, I got it, like some modicum of self respect to like come on, like come on, Nick, like that, 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 that no, yeah, don't that, like you can lose games without like deliberately looking like you're trying to throw away the game. Like, come on. Like, seriously. Because, like, it's not like the Giants are, were, but, like, the Colts legitimately were trying to throw away that game. Like, it, like, it, 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 like, I know people don't like hearing that being said about NFL teams trying to tank. They were deliberately taking that game. Like, there's, there's no nice way of saying it. So, how do we approach this from the Giants' side? Because the Giants don't blow teams out. Like, the, the, the Giants usually just play games close because... They're not that good either, but you know the Giants are going to run with Saquon. Saquon's 8K. Do I think Saquon can have one of those massive explosion games where he runs for 150-plus yards? Yeah, it, it could happen. It, it could happen if, if this Colts defense just decides to mail it in the way that uh, the Broncos did last week. Yeah, there's a world where Saquon is the highest-scoring running back on the slate. But I also saw the Chargers have multiple receivers kind of running free, and Justin Herbert just having a miserable game uh, uh, throwing the ball around. Do I think Daniel Jones could have a decent enough game with the short passing game between Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins? I do like uh, uh, James and Hodgins more than Slayton today. To me, this doesn't feel like a deep play game for uh, Darius Slayton. This feels more like used to me intermediate passing game. Uh, and enter speed it with uh, Saquon runs uh, uh, between the tackles. I I don't see this Colts team fighting. Like I, it feels like everyone understands what the deal is with Jeff Saturday and just trying to tank this season. Like I haven't seen the competitive fire with the Colts where you know I I, I look at them and say it's like yeah they're, they're trying to stick it to management for tanking their year. Uh, it seems like. That fire's kind of gone. It, you know, realistically, the Chargers weren't so incompetent on Monday night. I swear, the Chargers should have won that game by 30. It, like, it, they're just like, 
we're going to get to the Chargers a little bit later on. I, I mean, man, just absolutely frustrating. But, yeah, from a Giants perspective, yeah, I, I could see playing Daniel Jones. Um, he's not that expensive. He's running around um, 5,700. It's it's not. It's just that I don't love the play. I don't love the play, but I don't have a problem with the play either. My biggest thing is the fact that we could just get a situation where uh, the Colts are just so just like the Colts are just so packing it in that you know they just keep trying to run out the clock and it just becomes Saquon just running it down <laughs> like running it down their throat and Saquon gets there and nobody else on the Giants gets there because it's just too easy to run the ball and Dayball's not gonna air it out if he sees it's way too easy to run the ball he's just gonna stick with what works and just pound Saquon and then give him some blow uh, between Breida and Brightwell and have the running game run it 30 35 plus times today if the, if the Colts aren't gonna compete like the Giants could just run it Run it right down their throats. If the Colts do compete, I do think the Giants have opportunities to use the short passing game. But we'll see what the Colts do. <laughs> like it's like it really is. Like I can't I can't stress enough how pitiful the Colts look Monday night. Like the Giants have five and a half. The line is that high because of how pitiful the Colts look Monday night. Because even people like even Vegas thinks that while the Giants aren't very good, this Colts team isn't competing. That the Giants can win this game by seven to ten points, and it wouldn't sh- it shouldn't shock anyone. Even though the Giants don't blow teams out. But, like, that's what happens when a team just completely mails it in. Next up, we've got Jacksonville and Houston. Um, Jacksonville only favored by three on the road, even though it's Houston. Uh, Houston has been playing better lately, but the issue is Jacksonville, I mean, basically, they're 7-8, and eight, uh, but this game doesn't matter. The only game that matters for Jacksonville is winning against Tennessee next week. It's a win and end scenario for the division between Jacksonville and Tennessee, a Tennessee team that is completely in the tank. Um, you know, they, they bench, they benched Malik Willis for Josh Dobbs and Josh Dobbs looked better than Malik Willis. Josh Dobbs going to start next week, uh, for Tennessee against Jacksonville. But, so technically, Jacksonville could still make the wild card. It's just a slim shot of them making the wild card. Winning the division is their best path to get in um, into the postseason. Uh, Jacksonville's four and one in their last five. Here's the thing: if the Texans give Jacksonville trouble, if you're Jacksonville, do you keep playing your starters, knowing that the divi- the, the the playoff hopes really start next week? To me, I got to think that Doug Peterson's trying to like coach him up. It's like making the playoffs is one thing. Making the playoffs the right way is an entirely different conversation. And I think Doug Peterson knows from his experience, you need momentum going into the playoffs. So I think he's going to kind of use this game to play his starters. And if, they, if they're up by two scores in the third quarter, chances are he may just leave them in the fourth just to make sure they salt this game away um, in the dome and get ready for next week because he wants them focused on what they need to be doing. Now, on the flip side, I could see another scenario where if things look a little bit shaky or someone comes up a little bit gimpy early on in the game, maybe he decides to start shutting it down with the other starters to make sure that everyone's healthy for next week. But we won't know that um, until the game starts. Me personally, you know, we kind of know what we got in Jacksonville. We've got a team that realistically... You know, they're not, they're, uh, like, Jacksonville, you know, they're not talented at all. Loving Smith has been getting the most he can out of this group. They're just not a very good group. Um, and it starts with the quarterback position. Davis Mills back under center, still bad. But, you know, Brandon Cook's still in play. Uh, Chris Moore in play at 4,200. No run game to speak of. They do not play the Houston run game. In my opinion, Travis Etienne on the Jacksonville side at 6,400 is another excellent play at running back because you can you can run on this Houston defense all day long. Trevor Lawrence, 6,200. This could be a smash spot for Jacksonville's offense. I love um, Evan Ingram 
and I can't believe I'm saying I love Evan Ingram, but from a fantasy perspective, this matchup against Jacksonville, he has confidence playing with the Jags that he never had with the Giants. He has been smashing lately. Jacks, uh, I mean, Houston does not guard tight ends well. We we could get a spot where the Jags like just put up a big number on his squad. Christian Kirk six six uh, K, Zay Jones five K, Marvin Jones thirty six hundred. They could all go off on the Jags today. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest because Jacksonville is looking for momentum and kind of getting that continue. And given the situation we've got in some of these other games like Miami, um, New Orleans, uh, Philly, like I, I would rather take my shot with um, Jacksonville than some of these other spots because we, we got some issues to talk about. So uh, speaking of which, let's talk about Miami. You know, the NFL and the NFLPA got a lot of stuff to answer for. I'm not going to get into the Tua situation because I'm aggravated enough as it is that um, everyone's trying to claim that they did the right thing by Tua. When if you watch that game against the Packers, something was off. We didn't know if it was an injury or not. Um, if he injured himself physically, no, he just got concussed, and like not a single person on the sideline or anyone else like could actually spot that he got concussed. Like this protocol's a joke. Uh, but I, I don't have time to like vent on how ridiculous this whole situation is. But um, you know, we look at this uh, this scenario, and you know. Between the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Teddy has not looked good. Um, it's in New England. It's a 40 and a half total. Mac Jones hasn't looked good. I don't like New England pieces in general. You don't even know if Ramondre is going to get the work because they've been mixing in other backs. New England needs to win this game. The Dolphins absolutely need to win this game. Um, they could both knock each other out today. I, I just don't. I don't see it. Like, I don't see a reason to play this game. To me, this is one of those where New England's favored by two and a half, but from a DFS standpoint, I don't see the need to play the Dolphins today against the New England secondary. I'm not trusting Bridgewater underneath the Jalen Waddle um, to effectively pass enough. Like, Teddy has not been sharp, and even when Teddy did play earlier this year, Teddy's been getting knocked out of games too. Like, Teddy doesn't – I'm still not even sure if Teddy's healthy, uh, truth be told. Because Teddy got knocked out in concussion protocol, and he was a little nicked up uh, uh, before he got hurt uh, as well in in some of these games. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game. I'm staying away from it in general, and from a DFS perspective. I'll let out if someone if someone makes it work with Tyreek or Waddle this week. Uh, God bless to him because it's a high leverage spot. If you can make it work. I know some people are going to play Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, I'm not going to... Uh, like, listen, there are plenty of... Like, Teddy Bridgewater's 5K, um, and you got uh, Hill at 8900 which is one of the cheapest prices he's had all year, and Jalen Waddle at 7500 which is still pretty cheap, um, considering what he can do. But there's so many other spots that you can go to. Why? Like, to me, I, I, don't, I don't get the need to focus on this game. Um, moving on. Philly and New Orleans. Philly favored over New Orleans, who basically continued playing Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton can't throw. Um, you know, Taysom Hill's in play at tight end. Not quarterback. He's in play at tight end, so he's still in play at, uh, on FanDuel. Um, today, there are too many options at quarterback, not, not even considering Taysom at 4,900 against Philly's defense. I think Philly's defense shuts down the Saints. I, I don't like the Saints offense at all today. Um, yeah, does Philly really need this game? No, but uh, I think it's just one of those games where Gardner Minshew is good enough to get the W here. Uh, you know, the, if Philly just needs to win one to make sure they lock down um, the bye and the division. I, I I think they just take care of business against New Orleans, but I don't really have a ton of interest in Minshew outside of stacking him with either Devonta uh, Devonta Smith or AJ Brown. But I'm going to be limited in that. And that's like multiple entries. Like this is like when you're playing 150. Like that's where I would consider these guys. They're not going to be a priority for me today. And New Orleans side, 
I told you what I felt about Kamara this year. Kamara's been mailing it in for quite some time now. There's to me, there's no need. So, um, moving on. Um, you know what? We're gonna take a quick break uh, before we head into the afternoon window. So uh, stick around. I will be right back uh, after the sponsor. So uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, so we're back. Four o'clock window. We got to start with a couple of things here. Josh McDaniels should have been fired. Absolutely should have been fired for that. Yet another debacle against the Steelers. It, it, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. So let's just be frank here. Um, Derek Carr deserved to get benched. Josh McDaniels still deserved to get fired. Like it, it just—it is what it is. Like let, let's just not mince words here. Dude, dude needs to be gone. But you know, as as it stands, it's just one of those where we don't really see much there in terms of production from uh, from the squad. In truth, like to me, this is just one of those uh, things where it's Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams, and they are against the worst possible matchup, in my opinion, with. The, the 49ers defense because the 49ers are good against the run. I don't think the Raiders offensive line uh, matches up well against what the Niners want to do at the line of scrimmage. And secondary wise, Devontae Adams is going to have some trouble. And did I mention Jared Stidham's the quarterback who's even worse than Carr? Like, this is just not a good situation for the Raiders. I, I don't like they are kind of taking um, the rest of the year, and they sent Carr home just so he didn't get injured, so they could trade him in the offseason. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, like, I don't see any need to play the Raiders at all. There's no need to go- chase that game. My whole thing is the Niners' defense is only 2,900. You don't even need to play McCaffrey to correlate. You could just play the Niners' defense. I don't think there's any reason to be avoiding the Niners' defense today. Uh, and the Raiders' secondary is one of those uh, um, one of those uh, situations where we can go with Brock Purdy, who 
not exactly uh, lighting it up, but he's 5,500. You could dump it off to Christian McCaffrey at 9K, or you could run it back with uh, Brandon Ayuk at 6,300. Oh, but guess what? The Raiders are terrible against tight ends, too. Kittle's 5,400. This could be another Kittle smash spot. You link up Purdy with Kittle, and you could still play McCaffrey with the Niners' defense. Like they're, To me, the Raiders are unplayable today. I, I think the Raiders are unplayable, and you know the 49ers are going to feed the Rock um, uh, to close out games. So, like, yeah, McCaffrey may not get there. You may end up getting some Jordan Mason, but like sooner or later, McCaffrey's going to have one of these games where he shows up, and the Raiders' defense is significantly worse than what the Niners were going up against last week against... Uh, uh, Washington and people will see the McCaffrey bust last week. Say we're not playing McCaffrey at high price dollar value, and guess what? McCaffrey's going to be low owned in a way, way, way better spot than he was last week. Uh, like I said, the, the, there are ways to get to Christian McCaffrey today. We got enough value on the slate. You don't even need to play Brock Purdy. You can just play McCaffrey with the Niners defense, and you're fine there. So to me, that that's that's a route I will certainly be going with today. Um, Niners all day. Um, Niners are nine and a half point favorites. They, is it high? Yeah. How are the Raiders moving the ball today? I'm I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see what the Raiders do today because I think the Niners smash them. Um, I think they absolutely smashed them. Um, moving on, Mike White is back under center for the Jets as they travel to Seattle. I like the Jets' defense. My only question with the Jets' defense, I mean, Neil, I mean, not the Jets' defense, but the Jets in general is, the Jets did not want to clear Mike White's ribs for the longest time. And it's only because Zach Wilson looked so poor under center and that they had to go to Chris Trevler. And the fact that they don't want to pay uh, Joe Flacco for whatever reason to back up games, mainly because he might be on some type of performance bonus for snap count, now we're back to Mike White. My other question with Mike White is, how healthy are those ribs? Because I could see a scenario where Mike White starts the game and doesn't finish the game because he 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 takes a bad shot to the ribs from Seattle and gets knocked out. I, I could very easily see that scenario because the, the Jets were hesitant and were trying to make the playoffs and insisted on not playing Mike White. And Mike White was trying to find any doctor under the sun to clear him to play. And he couldn't do it. It's got me curious because Mike White is 5,400. Zonovan Knight, 5,100. Garrett Wilson, 5,500. Corey Davis, 3,700. The Jets need to win this game. I don't see Seattle moving the ball against this Jets defense with Sauce Gardner. Geno has, uh, Geno Smith has regressed. He slowed down. The toll of the season is catching up to him. I think Seattle is a little bit overmatched by the Jets defense. I think the Jets' offense will look better under White. I just question how healthy those ribs are. But at a certain point, the Jets have got to commit to, even if Mike White can't start, like, Flacco got to be playing backup now. Like, like at this point, like, Flacco's the backup. So, to me, even if White gets knocked out, and I'm still going to have shares of White, but I am going to get exposure to Zonovan Knight, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis in my player pool uh, for... 100 plus entries. I, I think there are too many spots today where you can just not play some of these dusty teams that are looking to pack it in, and you got a team that wants to uh, get it done because people are going to target this Vikings um, Packers game. You don't have to jam in the Vikings Packers in the uh, afternoon window. You can jam the Jets. You can actually jam the Jets today. Like, I, I Seattle. We, we have seen the data. Seattle is not only the team that is the worst at executing screen passes and executes the fewest screen passes, but they're also the team worst at defending screen passes. I, I think Zonovan Knight and even Michael Carter, but I, I want to play Zonovan Knight. I'll, you know, maybe I'll, I'll throw in a couple of shares of uh, Michael Carter as a leverage spot, but I, I think there are so many opportunities to run screen passes against this Seattle team. And that's why I look at Corey Davis, 3,700, Wilson, 55. Like, man, there are ways of shredding this Seattle defense today. Like, the Jets are 
not nearly enough owned as they probably should be. And yes, I know I raised the concern about Mike White's ribs, but even if White gets knocked out the game, Zach Wilson's not coming in under center. Uh, it looks like Zach Wilson's going to be inactive, and it's going to be Flacco as the immediate backup to White. So uh, even then, should still be able to carve up this Seattle defense. I, I definitely love the Jets in the afternoon-only slates, but in the main slate, I will still definitely be playing the Jets today. Um and Seattle, I'm fading the hell out of it. It's like, you know, Tyler Lockett might play with a busted hand. He might play with a busted hand. Why am I t- testing that against the Jets secondary? Like, th- this just d- this seems like a terrible idea to play Seattle today. Maybe they get there, but man, it, th- this just seems like it. You can say the Geno Smith revenge spot against the Jets all you want. I don't give a sh- I don't give a damn about the narrative. Like, this is just a bad matchup for Seattle passing game-wise because Geno, while he's played well this year, Geno has his limitations. I don't think trying to test this Jet secondary is where his strengths lie. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Finally, in the afternoon slate, we've got uh, Minnesota and Green Bay. Listen. Green Bay is a three-point favorite at home. Excuse me? Now, I, I know Kirk Cousins struggles in prime, like primetime games, but did, did we watch this Green Bay team, like how they beat the Dolphins last week? Tua had, a con- had to get a concussion for Green Bay to get back in this game and win it. Like, did, did, we not watch, did we not watch the same game last week? The only reason why Green Bay won that game is because Tua had a concussion and no one on the freaking sidelines for the Dolphins realized it. Like, 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 Aaron Rodgers was not good last week. They were not sharp. And that was a good matchup against the, the Miami secondary. And they still couldn't do it. Now, they get the, uh, the Minnesota secondary, which I don't even like. This should be another good spot for Aaron Rodgers to air the ball out. And he still hasn't gotten there this year. Like, like... Like, we got to start asking some really hard questions. Can Aaron Rodgers get it done anymore? Can, can, like, can, can we be honest with ourselves here? We Aaron Rodgers has not been cracking 20 points, uh, fantasy points this entire year. We, we want to take it in this spot? He should get yards against Minnesota, but, like, he hasn't been able to finish teams this year. It just hasn't been there. So why are we chasing this game on the Packers' side? I get why we chase it on the Minnesota side because it's a plus matchup for Dalvin Cook. It's a plus matchup for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, we don't really trust Kirk Cousins, but guess what? If his guys are going to be open, he should be able to hit those passes. My question is, why the hell are people play, trying to play Aaron Rodgers this week? Like, I can, I can get behind the idea of playing Alan Lazard or uh, uh, Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs as a one-off. I don't get the Aaron Rodgers call at all at 6K. I don't get the play. We have so many other options to play in that quarterback. Why, 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 are people, why are people trying to force in Aaron Rodgers? Like, and I'm seeing the optimizers like bring up Aaron Rodgers. Like, listen, it's not as though like I'm like uh, like shaking pom poms for Jared Goff, but like, like what are we talking about here? Like, why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers this week? Like, this, this is not like uh a, a, a gimme matchup, but it's like he should get points, but you still have to be able to throw passing touchdowns. And Aaron has not been finishing drives. And when the Packers get in the red zone, they're turning to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, can he throw for a, a passing touchdown to one of the backs? Yeah, but I'm not necessarily trusting the wide receivers for touchdowns. I'm trusting them to get some volume, but I'm not trusting them for a ceiling game. I, if I'm paying up, I like I want Justin Jefferson. If I can fit in a Packer for a run back, so be it. But I'm not forcing the play. And I'm definitely not forcing in Aaron Rodgers to get there. Like, th- th- to me, this is, this is nonsense. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I do not get, the, I do not get this at all. I, I think, you know, realistically, um, Minnesota, they've, they've, they don't necessarily have uh, the need to play for this. But they have a chance to get first, in the divi- uh, first overall seed in the playoffs. You know, I expect Minnesota to come out to knock the player, uh, Packers out of the playoffs. Like, people are saying the Packers need to win it. Like, 
make sure they 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 can make the playoffs. Minnesota's playing to knock the Packers out of it. Like they hate the Packers. Like this is a big game for Minnesota because they're tired of people saying that they can't do it. And guess what? I know I know the Vikings aren't very good, but I know the Packers have major issues. Like like I I I am not seeing um the roses on the Green Bay side. Like may, maybe folks were not paying attention to that Christmas game with uh the Dolphins, but Miami will go and win that game if Tua doesn't get concussed. Like that's that's just the long and short of it. Miami was going to win that game. Period. Um, that was not going the Packers' way until they got concussed. Then the, the then the entire game flipped off of that because then you had two or three picks and they and they and it kept getting worse. That that's you know again I'm tired of talking about that two concussion. Like it it bothers me that everyone's saying that they did your job correctly is like it, it, no 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 no. All right, um, Justin Jefferson, ninety five hundred. Yeah, expensive. Yeah, but I already talked about all the ways you can save money on this slate. Uh, getting Justin Jefferson is not an issue. If you want to leverage it and play something different by going with uh, Dalvin Cook, seven K, I can get it. If you want to play Hawkinson um, at fifty two hundred, I get it. Like you could hurt the Packers with the tight end spot too. Totally get it. KJ Osborne forty six hundred, I get. Like it's a leverage play. I think it's getting a little too cute. I don't think you need to get to KJ this week, but I get the play. I don't get the Packers play other than doing a one-off, like either with the either one of the running backs or Watson, Lazard, or Dobbs. Like uh, I, I, I think there there are other ways of doing it, but I don't think stacking the Packers makes sense. Not this week, no. Um, Sunday night football. We've got. Uh, the Steelers and Ravens. I'll try to record something later. Uh, I have not looked at pricing for that slate yet. The Ravens are favored by two. Um, you know, it it doesn't look as though Lamar is going to be clear. So it's another game with no Lamar for the Ravens. Uh, I it, it's tough watching the Ravens play without Lamar. It's like a uh, just truth be told, like I don't like betting on Ravens games without Lamar. Uh, the Steelers aren't good. The Steelers only won that game because it's the Raiders. The Raiders should have won that game last week. So how am I going to take the Steelers on the road when the Steelers could barely beat the Raiders when they're in Pittsburgh honoring Franco Harris's uh, legacy? And they almost lost to the Raiders. No, 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 no. We're not we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And then Monday night, uh, we got the Bills and Bengals. I'll give my thoughts on that game uh, tomorrow, but I'm looking forward to that one. So we'll definitely uh, be covering that one in further detail. But um, yeah, that does it for this Sunday slate. Uh, like I said, a lot of ways to go, but we got to start picking on some of these teams that are packing it in. You know, Indy, yeah. Uh, uh, Atlanta, like some of these teams, like we got to start going after Cleveland, Denver. Like we got, we, we got them like, like we can't get cute. Don't get cute. It's not worth it. We got enough solid plays today. Today should be a good day. I already laid them out. Let's get after it. Best of luck to everyone. I'll catch you later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions.
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.